curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Hey, it's Roger here. It's the last podcast of the So You're In Sales series for 2019. In this episode, I welcome in Jason Tracy from Roar Consulting. Jason is a business coach, and he has worked with numerous small business people in the local community to help them develop both their business, their business process, their sales and sales processes, and then themselves as individual entrepreneurs as well. It's a very interesting look into what drives and motivates people from a sales success perspective. And I really think that you'll enjoy the discussion. Give it a listen. All right. So you know this series well enough to know that Surely we want to talk to the people about what Jason can do as far as being a coach and a mentor and a trainer and and yeah. why you're using video as a platform to achieve some of the objectives that you're trying to help your customers achieve. But before we get into that, we got to get into why, right? Absolutely. And before we get into the mechanics of what it is that you actually do, what have been some of the motivations behind what led you to be sitting in this chair doing what you do today? Okay, so... That's so funny. I, I just gave a presentation at uh, or a talk at uh, Ferrari this yeah. week, and, and it's about overcoming fears, right. overcoming limiting beliefs, um, overcoming challenges. And for me, I grew up, I grew up super poor. I lived in apartments until I was nineteen. You know, uh, had a single mom, had a very abusive father. Um, for my twelfth birthday, I asked my mom. I told her I don't want anything. Um, I don't want a birthday party. I don't want a. I don't, I don't want presents. I want you to find the strength to get us out of this house. Wow! I don't know. At twelve. At twelve. And a lot had accumulated in, in between that time, and I won't go deep. But there was. It, I just knew that if we didn't get out of the house, that that things we might not make it out alive, or right. that we were going to be scarred beyond repair. Yeah. And so, and just at twelve, I, I knew that, and so I, I told. I had this conversation with my mom, and she took that first step. And so for me, for my whole entire life, that was always 
a great example of, you know what, when is the right time? Yeah. My mom was a single mom. She didn't have a job. She had two kids. Her biggest reason for living was making sure that we were safe. Right. To the point where she's going to take a daring attempt to leave the house yeah. and, and go out on her own and try to figure shit out, you right. know, like, and, and, and knowing that she needs to protect these kids. And so for, it's always been that example of, you know, people hold back until they they are perfected their speech, right? They wrote down every every word to the T that they're going to write before they get on before they get on video or okay. um, they've got to they've got to have this knowledge. They got to go get their certificate that right. they that they were this coach or this leader or right. they got to go do these checkbox of things before they can go out and do anything in life, let alone make video or content. Right. They, if only. If right? only. If only I had done this. If only I would do that. Then maybe. If then. Yep. And you know, it's a recurring theme in these interviews oftentimes is just the notion of start. Start. Just start. Take the step. Just start. Because think about it from your perspective as a 12-year-old. Had you not had the courage to tell your mom, mom, we got to go. Yeah. Who knows? Who right? knows? It's time to go. And to take that same concept and to apply it into your business and your professional life takes such less courage really <laughs> you know like it takes a lot less courage and yet frequently there's more internal obstacles that people create for themselves on the business side of things <laughs> yeah. that make just absolutely no sense whatsoever right so i mean you get to see that a lot in what you do right it's what i work with head on is, is yeah. overcoming those fears in, in 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 believe me i didn't think that i'd ever share that story to people that I was so guarded about telling my childhood or then as I got in my twenties and I wrecked my life as far as, you know, having repossessions and eviction notices and just getting behind on bills and creating this trend where I was standing in the welfare line. Right. Those, those stories, those, all, those became my identity and I beat myself up for so long. I would have never have thought I would ever share those stories right. out to people. I don't even know. Right. I didn't share those stories to people that did know me. Right. So as I work with people, they're in the same thing and it's like, go out and do a video. Like, what would I say? That thing that you just told me that made us all cry. That right. thing that made you so special. I could never tell people that. You know, I'm in this room of, of people that are making a lot of money in the industry and in, in, in their industries are in. They're all top performers in this room. So I have 100 top performers in this room. And I have a line behind me of people coming up to me and talking about how they resonated with that story. I had several people come up to me and I told my mom afterwards, I texted her and I'm like, all the people, I had several people come up to me and tell me about how strong you were and they wanted me to tell you that. Several people came up to me, and their moms didn't get them out. Right. And they're still dealing with it. Right. And so when I talked, it really hit them hard. You put a room of top sales performers together. <laughs> yeah. The dysfunction, dysfunction that there is behind the scenes of those people is enormous. Oh, yeah. It's enormous. And we, t we would literally laugh about it when we finally, like, you work with people long enough, you start to learn their stories because you spend time in the car with them, you're out having happy hour, you know, yeah. people let their guard down over time. And when people start letting you in on like, this is what happened to me, it's, it's jaw dropping and eye opening in so many instances. And you start to realize like, holy shit, man, <laughs> there is a straight line in many instances between some trauma or dysfunction or some screwed up situation from when that person was younger to whatever that creates from a drive and motivation perspective. And I think a lot of ways it's like once, once we get to the place where we say no more, yeah, no more, right? Like I'm, I'm just doing it. But 
on the other hand, like, I think you got to be careful to a certain extent because sometimes it's that dysfunction that's creating the drive that makes you be successful. So go to therapy, salespeople. <laughs> I'm convinced, Roger, the only reason I've had any success in leadership is because of that, that absolute thing. The things that I was so guarded about, the evictions, the problems, the, yeah. you know, the, the childhood abuse, the, you know, the, all the trauma that I've been through that I was, again, so vulnerable about. As I started working with other salespeople and leading them, as I sat down and had conversations with them and they did open up and they did tell me their challenges, there's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. Totally. Sympathy's like, oh man, Roger, you've had a tough life. You should go home and take a nap. Like, <laughs> go home. You know what? I'm not even going to make you do calls today. Go home. No, I've been here. I've had to dig my way out because no one was doing it but me. Sure. Like no one was going to say poor Jason and then just give me a million dollar check. You know, (laughs) I had to go figure it out. And so there's things I had to do to pick myself up and pull myself up. And and I've been able to show other people in that, that same realm. Hey, I've been in your shoes. I completely understand. Yeah. Let's do this though. Right. Do this, do this, do this. And so at the end of the day, when people are calling me up, like, man, Jay, I just bought my house at 23 and at 20, I didn't think that I was going to own anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you wouldn't have stuck with me, right? I don't know what happened. That same dysfunction creates a little bit of a cycle of shame, mm-hmm. right? And that's what it's that cycle of shame that creates these self limiting beliefs. And I mean, nothing for nothing, an abusive someone is a really where the farming of the self limiting beliefs often uh, the seeds are sown. Knowing that those exist, oftentimes when you've not addressed them, is what becomes the motivation. And you don't even really realize that that's what's driving you. Yep. But at the same time, it's that voice in your head that's still showing you the cycle of shame and creating those self-limiting beliefs for yourself that you like almost unconsciously, you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm still telling myself I'm a piece of shit in my head. Yeah. But yet I'm having all of this crazy success. So it creates sort of this dissonance, right? Every one of the things that I thought I was supposed to be chasing when I get that, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Now I'm going to get this and that's going to make me happy. And oh, now we need to have a big house and that's going to make me happy. And I eventually realized, I'm like, oh my God, I'm 30 years old. I've gotten all of this stuff done and I'm not anywhere. Actually, I'm more miserable now that crazy? than I was when I didn't have shit, right? <laughs> And so this is the thing, like everybody's walking around in their cloud of fear, right? So everyone's walking around like, I can't share my story. I couldn't possibly sell you anything. I had a client the other day tell me that this person across the room, they seemed, they were unapproachable. And I'm like, really? Like, this is the thing that I've learned from talking to salespeople, talking with people of all walks of life is that we, none of us have it figured out. Right. <laughs> you know, like we're all trying to go through life and figure out our, our mass. And so I've talked to people that were multimillionaire CEOs, or I've talked to people that were vice presidents making a lot of money, big houses, and I go to their house and, and, you know, it's like my son's friends. And I'm like, man, your house is so much bigger. Your cars are so much bigger. And then when you start talking to them, they're miserable. Yeah. Like we're all going through life trying to figure it out. But once you get past it, I'm still chasing the golden ring, Mm -hmm. but it's a different ring. And my expectation is that if I can achieve what it is I've set out to do now, the money will follow. Like, you know, I'm not really concerned about the income part of it. And granted, I mean, we're doing well for ourselves. It's fine. But and I'm still driven by like the numbers do ultimately dictate your success to a certain extent. So you can't lose sight of that. You have to be goal driven. Mm -hmm. But the way you approach the work changes in such a completely different way. Once you've gotten over that, like these things will not ensure my happiness. Yes. It's what I'm doing 
that makes me happy. Yes. It's fulfilling. It's, it's taking care of people. It's just developing people. It's, you know, in sales, we get it wrong. We, it, sales is so easy. Right. Yet we make it so hard we because we... Because so we're start, in our own heads. We're in our own heads. Yeah. We're thinking about in making sure we have that nice house, that nice car, or we need to pay our bills. We need to take care of our family. The boss is breathing down our neck. We have all these reasons to be self-centered and think about ourselves. It, it, it is a challenge to then think about the other person across the table, which is the, the most important person. Yeah. With the work that you do, by allowing yourself to be vulnerable... Think about a transaction of any size that any of us are trying. Like, you got to buy a car. Mm-hmm. You got to buy a piece of jewelry. You know, something that's a pretty sizable big ticket transaction. There's a lot of emotion around that buying decision. So, when we're sitting in the seller's chair to not allow ourselves the opportunity to let the person in the buyer's chair realize that, hey, I'm a human being just like you. I have all kinds of things that have happened to me that are going to create what you're going to get from me. Mm-hmm. And you don't share that with the person. Yeah. That's what makes the sale so damn hard. Yeah. Because that person sitting on the other side of the transaction is so used to not seeing the genuine person on the other side of the transaction because there's some limiting thing that's going on, on the, by the, the, the salesperson that's like, oh, I'm just following my script. Or, I mean, it's such, you can see it coming from a mile away yeah. when yep. that person's doing what we're describing. Yep. And that's what makes it hard for the rest of us as salespeople yeah. in reality. In reality. It creates a bad name. That is why I do what I do. Yeah. I feel like sales, there's, a, certain, there's a, a way to do it that's the right way. And then there's so many gimmicks and so many ways that Wolf of Wall Street boiler room ways that, you know, that that are not fulfilling that they, that they teach you or, you know, when I got into sales, they told me to watch boiler room and and then, you know, come back. That was my training. As I started going, I was like that, I was an S type, you know, I wanted to people please. And I was just like, that was my dominating characteristic at the time. It's probably just my, because I was in my head. And I also, I was, I was self-conscious about myself. I didn't want to talk about myself. And so I started asking people questions Mm. and I started digging in. And as I started asking people questions, they opened up and they started right. telling me things that, right. you know, I've always, I, I, it took later in life for me to realize what I was doing, you know, to sit back and reflect, but I mean, people feel good mm-hmm. and they got to tell their story and they go to other salespeople and they're like getting bombarded with, this is what I do. This is what I would do. And this is what I'd buy. And mm-hmm. like, let me tell you about my best product ever. And I've got the best team in the world, but mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter about what you have. It matters what they have. Yeah. What do they have? Yeah. What do they need? And how can you help them? So let's, Let's get into kind of what you're doing these days, yeah. right? So, yeah. so talk about Roar and kind of what that is and, and why, why you've made that choice to do what you do. Yeah, so I, uh, what I do is I empower people's passions, dreams, and expertise and, and to help them make that into a, a thriving business, so a revenue-generating business. There are so many – American dream is small business. Sure. You know, it's like three three quarters of Americans dream of owning a small business, and uh, but then when it happens, you get there and you had this dream. You know, you're visualizing. You got the top down, right? Yeah, yeah. You're in the coffee shop. All your friends are there. You're hanging out. Things are going great. Sales are booming. And then in the summer, you spend your time on the yacht out here in the lake, right? <laughs> you know, and that's just how it happens. You pop it up. Everybody has a vision that business owners are millionaires. And then you get there and you realize, oh crap, I've never sold a thing in my life. How do I? sell myself and market myself and brand myself and you know how do I get involved in the community and how do I interact and how do I so that is what I do I help people 
come up with that plan, help them make it easier to visualize and understand that we are dealing with people. Because when you start a business and you're starving, you'll make anything fit. Sure. I figured that out real quick. Like I was six months in starving, trying to figure out, and I'm like trying to plug every square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Someone asked me to be a marriage counselor, and I'm like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, no, I'm not a marriage counselor. It's not my gig. It's not my gig. Uh, you know, like, and, and I ended up turning it down. But I, I literally, as I was looking for every $50 everywhere, you know, I was, yeah. I was, and then I, one day as I was like, all the struggles were there and it was like making a decision. Do I go stock shelves at Walmart? Do I give up on my American dream? Cause it's actually a nightmare. You know, like what, what, uh, what is going on? And then I realized, man, I'm not doing the stuff that I would, I would tell my clients to do, you know, I'm not doing the stuff that I've done that I've that has made me successful or that I've taught other people to do that has made them successful. And it right. made me take that look in the mirror that I'm worried about myself. Right. I'm not, I'm not thinking about that person. Yeah. And so as soon as I made that shift, and I put my strategy together, it was like the ball just started rolling. You Not know, the crazy. purpose point just started rolling. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're, you're sitting across from a guy who's nine months into his own journey on that thing. And, you know, I've, I've been in business a lot and we started a, a, another business last year. So we've, the Burnett family's started two new businesses in the last two years. Amazing. I mean, you talk about carrying one boulder is hard enough. Now let's add a second one to it and see just how easy that's going to be. And it's hard. It is super hard. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. There's so many people forget the reasoning behind why they wanted to do what they've chosen to do once the work actually starts. Yeah. You know? This is a great story. My neighbor came over the other day and uh, she was talking. She used to own a bakery. And she was telling us about how she loved her job. You know, she loved owning the business. She loved getting up and going to work every morning because she got to do what she loved. And she loved her team. And she loved the location she was at. And she loved the customers that she had. And she was just talking about all this passion. And she was like, but we didn't make any money. Mm. And then I had to start, we had to start taking her husband's salary to pay employees. Mm. And so they started struggling. And now she pictures it as a burden Mm -hmm. in her mind. And she literally said, you couldn't pay me to own a business Wow! again. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. You just told me all this stuff that you loved. You loved everything except for the fact that you didn't make money. Mm. So did I dare say that if they paid you, you'd you'd still be doing it? And that's exactly where I want to help people is take that point from, don't get to that struggle where you feel like business, it wasn't meant for you because yeah. it might be the passion. You just haven't sought the right help. Yeah. Well, and you know, like I do, that the most difficult part of having the business is attracting clients. You can be the greatest at whatever it is that you want to do for the rest of your life. But if you're not willing to go out and be able to proactively put what you do in front of people in a way like a bakery is a brick and mortar location by and large. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to the place, I'm making the stuff, but if nobody walks in the door, all I'm doing is throwing my product away and consequently I'm throwing my money away along with it. So that baker needs to recognize that while they're a bakery, in reality what they are is an attraction of people who love the products that they make. Absolutely. And to have the willingness to put yourself out there for that part of it is truly the most difficult part of what has to happen because there's so many other things that you'll allow yourself to put in front of that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. oh, we need that blueberry um, muffin recipe to be better. Yeah. You know, I need to go find um, a better flower for my cake. I got to improve my website. I got to improve my website. <laughs> That's like, my biggest no. one here. Yeah. You have to go see the people and explain to them 
what it is that you do and not like, oh, I make cupcakes. No, I'm, I love to see the joy on people's faces who like sweets. Yep. And because I want to know, do you like sweets? Yep. And do you like them because they make you feel good? Does it remind you of your mom? Does it, what, what is the feeling that having a cupcake evokes in you so that I can wake that up for you in a way that makes you want to come to my bakery? Right? Absolutely. That's Roar Consulting, I'm thinking. Absolutely. But that's social good promotions too. Absolutely. It's what all it's and it's such the missing link most it's, of the time. You're talking. I'm picturing I'm picturing my neighbor in her bakery with with your social good promotions, making video content, talking <laughs> about how she believes in giving back. Yeah. In you know, and this is their cause. You know, you were talking about t shirts a little bit ago about right. that they come with the profile yeah. of the person that that made, uh, that made them. Yeah. In how you could post a content video about these are the people that we're supporting and just have a little thing to get you out there in the community because how do you who, how do people know you there's how many bakeries in town exactly how many coffee shops in town how many whatever there's competition out there well and think about it from a bakery's perspective in reality you're not even competing with the other bakeries you're competing with starbucks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because that's i'm getting my coffee every morning at starbucks and oh there's a muffin there there's uh, yeah. all kinds of other things for me to buy so why would i take the additional step now to get back in my car drive down the street Pull back in, walk in the store, and buy a cupcake from you. Well, there has to be something that would compel me yes. to want to do that. And if it's just that that person makes good cupcakes, that's not going to be good enough for the for most people. No, nope. right? They got not enough time to do anything other than get through their day. So there damn well better be a reason for me to get back in that car and come see you for your cupcake. Yep. Yeah. So when you get into your engagements with your clients, mm-hmm. like. How, what, what often are the manifestations of from where they start through what you take them to what end? The best way a client uh, drew a picture the other day and uh, she drew this like just scribble lines. And she said when she came, when she started working with me, she was in this cloud uh-huh. of these scribbled lines. But uh-huh. since she's in this, it's only been three weeks we started, we've been working together. But since we started working together, her, she drew her head coming up out of the cloud. Uh-huh. So she <laughs> clarity. Sure. So it's that clarity, you know, and again, sales, we make so hard, you know, that I, my system helps people make sales fearless uh-huh. because it builds confidence in knowing you have a process. It builds a better belief system. So you understand that you're helping people as opposed to bothering people or right. selling them or right. ripping them off or whatever it is that you feel like when you bring up a price or make a phone call or make a video or whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Totally. Yeah. And uh, really what you're saying is you create an environment of trust so that people will be confident enough to give you money to help them go where it is they need to go. And My closing spiel, like we'll go through, I, I go through a, a discovery session, sure. a, cl- a clarity, and we'll go through and they'll tell me everything, their vision. We anchor it down to what is the why. And so this is a free session I do. And if they, you know, they, if they don't want to, if at the end I say, this is my price to work with me. If you don't think from this that you can make your money back, then don't hire me. Right. Right. And for any business person, especially small business people, every dollar is so important. Yeah. And to have the confidence or to inspire the confidence in someone to say, I know I'm going to take a dollar away from you for whatever other thing it is that you might do with that dollar. Yep. I have to deliver. I absolutely have to deliver. And so I love what you're doing from now the ways that you're starting to allow the story to be told. Yeah. 
and yeah. the vehicles that you've been creating to help in the story of Roar Consulting, but also the way you're using what you've done for yourself for your clients. Yeah. And so really, I mean, I'm beating around the bush, but this is you've gone video. Yeah. And, you know, I'm headed that direction myself. 2020, you'll see me really go full bore on uh, on video. I've, I've bought all the the pieces and parts of what I need in order to be able to do that. But so, so t- talk about why you did that. Yeah. Talk about why you thought that was important and why it was a strategic move for you. So uh, along the way uh, through work, I, I found my passion uh, for, for work, for developing people, for, uh, for helping people go to that next level. I love speaking in front of crowds that had been my dream for a long time to start my business and uh, in coaching, consulting and speaking. Uh, speaking being a big thing, you know, I want to, I want to hit stages and, you know, and travel and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so I had, uh, I would do these, these company meetings and I would, uh, I would go and do one-on-one meetings at, at different locations. And I had several people say, Hey, you need to get that on video. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just was so busy. I never did it. Well, so I start my business and uh, I started working. We know, you know, James Lewis. Yeah. So I literally, the day I left my job, I came home and my wife was home and there was a plumber at the house and my wife was home and she, we were talking, this is what I got to do. I'm like, I got to, I got to get out there somehow. I got to create like video content or something. And she had been connected to James. She had met him previously and she was like, Hey, this guy, James that I know, he's looking for people to do video content. And so I called him up and he started talking about what he was doing with video content and how that's a way to get yourself out there and establish yourself as an expert. And I'm like, man, that's what I really need because I've had a lot of success in the small business and people know me within my industry, but I want to move it out outside of that industry. I want to impact That's the reason why I'm leaving. I want to impact people outside of this box that I'm in. And so I don't want to just run back in my industry. And so I want to get out, but nobody knows who I am. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows my expertise. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And so painfully I started creating video. (laughs) I look back at some of my videos the other day and it was like I was posting 12, 13, 14 minute videos where I was just kind of like going on and on. And (laughs) that 14 minute video took me four hours to make (laughs) constantly re-recording and stumbling. And, um, you know, it's funny. I see people now and they're like, Oh, you're just so good at video. It looks like it comes naturally. And I'm like, if you would have saw me in my right. living room trying to record this right. a year ago, you totally. know, like even six months ago, you know, now it's coming a little bit more freer because mm-hmm. I've practiced at it mm-hmm. and I've kind of figured it out a little bit. But mm-hmm. and and then not only that, but you you realize like, oh wow, not only does this work for me, now I gotta take it to my people. Yes. Right? And and getting to there, but the, uh, the piece of this that I, and really to me, I think the turning point for you, you tell me if I'm right or wrong was we go on LinkedIn and there's guys and girls out there who are shooting video straight to LinkedIn and I'm, like no knock on that, no knock on that whatsoever. But video, just like podcasting is a voice, it's a channel, mm-hmm. but what you really need to do within that channel is create your own voice yes. within that channel. Yes. And so... Your vehicle now is the bike series. Yes. So, so that to, you found your voice when you said, "All right, I love my motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I love video. Yep. How can I make these two things work together in a way that will create your voice? Yep. Yes. Uh, and I can't take all the credit. I hired a marketing coach that uh, I worked Perfect. with at the beginning of the year yeah. and uh, and are actually in the middle of May. Uh, and we she helped me, you know, we went through and we brainstormed and she was like, oh my God, do you know what Comedians in Cars is? And I'm like, 
No, I don't. And so I watched it, and I don't know how I didn't because I love Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Uh, so I watched it, and it hit me. Business on a bike. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, this is like, this is along my thing. So I find businesses that have, that are doing the things. They have the great culture. They've went through the struggles, and they've learned how to survive and thrive. And, uh, you know, all the different pieces that make a great a great business and I ride out to them on my bike and I interview them and the interview is kind of like a podcast in the sense that it's you know we're usually about an hour of content and then I chop it up into six you know digestible segments so people will watch it on LinkedIn uh, you mentioned LinkedIn that's a mo- the most powerful vehicle right now especially for business and professionals um, I had somebody uh, that this has really enlightened me where I've shifted my focus to LinkedIn. Somebody compared Facebook and Instagram to like the backyard barbecue. Uh-huh. People want to know how you're doing. Sure. They want to see your things. They want to see, you know, they want to know what life is going. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but that's about it. Right. Uh, and so I was posting these videos and I wasn't getting much traction. Now I'd go out in public and people would be like, oh, I saw that video. It's like, <laughs> great. Why didn't you like it? Why didn't you comment on it? Because I think I'm getting like crickets over here. You exactly, know, exactly. I think my stuff stinks. What's going on? So I start posting on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and all of a sudden people, it's, it's, it's like being at a network meeting, being a speaker at a, at a networking meeting. Mm-hmm. Everybody on LinkedIn is there to improve. The mm-hmm. community is amazing. Everybody's there. Almost every, I've never talked to a negative person. You know, everybody's right. positive. Totally. Um, as I post stuff, as I've built my network, as I posted videos, I get connection requests, you know, several connection requests a day. I've, uh, I've probably added on like 700 people in the past, like four months, you know, it's just, and they're finding me in a lot of cases yeah. and it's not just enough to just say, okay, yeah, I'm connected. I have no idea who this person is, but reaching out and building a genuine connection. Okay. I heard someone the other day use an analogy like if you post something and someone connects with you in, or sends you a, uh, puts a comment and you don't respond, it's like inviting them into your house and not speaking to them. Agreed. How oh, awkward agreed. is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, or worse yet, I, we connected and I immediately go into pitch mode. Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, seriously? Uh, Come geez, on, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like... I'm to the point now, and I, I know this is a little bit of a reflection of my age, and I'm getting a little curmudgeonly as I get older, <laughs> but literally I'm like, hey, did someone on your sales management team tell you this was the right thing to do? Because if they did, I want their phone number. Yeah. Because- This is an opportunity this for you. Is <laughs> this is absolutely awful. I've invited you into my home to yeah. continue on your analogy, and now you just broke out your vacuum cleaner and dumped dirt on my floor. Yep. Like, get out of my house immediately. Let's look at this. Okay, so you go on a first date with a, with, a, with a woman, right? And you sit across from the table and you're like, listen, the reason why you need to marry me is because I'm the best guy ever. I've got the best support team. My parents will be there to babysit. We're going to have some beautiful kids. I've got some great DNA, you know? Like, the support team is there. We're good. Let's do this thing. What's going to happen? Yeah. That girl's going to say, like, I'm out. I'm out, yeah. If you call her, she's going to change your number and put a restraining order on That's you. You know, like, it's a ghost town. But That's then when we get into the sales environment, it's okay to do that. Like, yeah. no, it's the yeah. same social. You're trying to build a relationship. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, and for me, like what I think is great for you is, so you found your voice, you created this vehicle within the place that you wanted to express yourself in the medium, and it's actually getting you business. It is, yeah. And what it's also doing, I believe, is it's building your credibility and your authority when it comes to people seeing you as like, I need to do something to stand out from my competitors and I'm watching this guy do this thing and it's compelling to me. So maybe I should hire him. And 
the threshold that I'm watching you start to cross now that I'm really excited to see how 2020 goes for you is you're giving people the confidence to come on camera now. Mm-hmm. So like, give me some on that. Like yeah. that, how, how has that worked out and, and what have been some of the results as, as uh, that's happened? So it's incredible. And this wasn't something that I sought out to be, you know, I, I um, I, I've always been like, build, let's build relationships. And so I've, if, as I've met other coaches and speakers, I've, I've networked with them. Like, I want to know what they're doing, how I can help them, how we can work together. I've always looked at like, how can we, you know, how can we network and build up? I've done seminars with other speakers. And, you know, so as I sit down with other coaches, I started realizing, and I think they started realizing as I was talking, is that my gift is that I've been in sales for 20 years and I know how to do sales the right way. I have my, I have my system. And so I'm yeah. coaching all these professionals out there to be the difference in their profession. Right. And these coaches are like, Wow, I just invested in my John Maxwell series, and uh, and I'm trying to do all these things, and I just built my website, and I'm trying, you know, they didn't hit the sale ground running. My website sucks. In fact, I'm just rolling out a new website this week, but my website sucks. I didn't put any time in it. Yeah, I went out and I sold. Right. You know, I went out and I, I don't even want to say sold because it's like it's such a bad word no, in you, people's head. You but spent I went out your and I time with the people. built connections. Yeah, you went with the people instead of trying to build a digital storefront. You said I'm going to build. I'm going to build my business by talking to people. Yes. Yeah. So the short of that story is what happened is that the coaches were like, "Okay, how can you help me?" And so now I'm coaching a lot of coaches sure. on how to sell and stuff. And that is extremely empowering when you have people that can change the world and change other people, and you're just showing them how to get their message out. That's awesome. So as we're going through and we're having these sessions and they're telling me stories that, you know, we're crying and, you know, like they're, they're emotional. There's not very many of my sessions where you're not crying because you're going deep. We're going deep, you know, like what is your why? Not helping people because when people kick you in the face and tell you no or stand you up and leave you sitting at the restaurant all by yourself, like what is your motivation to get up and do it again? Agreed. You know, so you got to go deeper than I just like helping people. I want to make money. Yep. And so they're telling me these stories and these vulnerabilities like we talked about at the beginning is like. What do you post? Post that. Oh, no, I could never post that. So I had a client yesterday. She told me what she was going to post. And for two weeks prior, she told me she was going to post something. And I'm literally, I told her, I'm like, I'm stalking your page. I'm refreshing. Where's this post coming? You know, come on, let's do this. And so she was like, all right, I'm going to post this after I get out in the car. And I'm like, all right, locking the door. You're not getting out of this office until you post this post right now. You know, because you're not. You're not going to do it. It's like getting out of that comfort zone. So whatever I got to do to push you past it now She's getting responses and people are liking it. So how do you build confidence? You go out there and you just do it. Yeah. And you know what? If people don't like what you do, you don't want to work with them anyways. Right. If people don't like who you are in real life, don't be someone else. Agreed. There are plenty of people to work with. And the likelihood of someone working with the inauthentic you is going to create the kind of relationship that's going to be um, non-beneficial to both of you. Yep. In reality. Right. Yeah. So... Why not? Let's just take the veneer off. Let's just be real, be who we are. And hopefully we'll find our tribe who are attracted to that, who you really are. Yep. And the, the medium is never been less expensive. It's never been easier to do. The tools to produce what you need to produce are on your laptop when you buy it, by and large. So there's really not anything from like, a, oh, I don't. I don't have the technical ability to be able to do that. It's like, that's an excuse now. That's an excuse. It's a total excuse. And the reality of it is just getting comfortable with the notion of it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you sound like. It's just if you show people who you really are. And if you can be entertaining, 
That helps. Great. Yeah. Entertaining helps. Yeah. But usually what happens is once you start, you start realizing like what happened with you. It's like, ah, dude, I love to ride my bike. (laughs) So I'm just going to take these things that I love and put them together in a way that will show people who I am authentically. Yes. And, and ultimately once you get over that hump, it takes you where you need to go. Man, I can't thank you enough for coming in and talking to me. Absolutely. If I can add one thing as far as why people should do video. Yeah, do it. For me, when I got out there and I started my business, the worst thing, especially is I don't don't want to talk about me, 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 I, 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 but how do I get people to understand what I'm doing without saying I did this and I did that and, you know. And the only way to do that is to go out there and show people that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to do small, do some content. Right. No matter what you're doing, um, no matter what kind of business, if you're the baker, mm-hmm. post the video because you know what? The other bakers aren't doing it. Right. And people are going to find you. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's incredible. It's any, whatever you're doing, do, do, uh, do video content and LinkedIn. I highly recommend it for just about any median yep. Yep. because you're, you're going to people, you're going to get no, don't go into a meeting these days and not know who you're talking to. Yeah, like right. just flat out. There's no reason to do it. You like when people start introducing themselves to me and what they've done, like I've already read yeah, your yeah, profile. Yeah, yeah. We can like, you. we can cut you. that talk out. You know, I, uh, I was in the great harvest a couple of weeks ago with my son uh-huh. and we were ordering food. And I'm talking to all the people and, uh, and we were eating our lunch and this person came over to me and said, Hi, I've never met you. You don't know who I am, but I watch all your stuff. I recognize your voice when you were when you were talking. I'm like, I gotta go introduce myself. <laughs> my son's like, is my dad a superstar? What's that, going on? That's so cool. So he's like smiling. You know, that's a really cool moment, and that's it's because of video content. Well, and it's because you made the so you had the confidence to do it. Yeah, you overcame your fear. Yeah, you were willing to show your vulnerability, and you went and did it. Yep. And now people are starting to recognize it. And if you don't do any of that. Then the opportunity for what happened for you in the in the store would never be be possible, right? Not possible. So, so that's really the moral of the story. So we're just gonna leave it right there. Awesome. That's kind of the thing, man. Yep. Thanks for coming in. I really Absolutely. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. I am so thankful to have had the opportunity to get Jason in for a discussion, especially to the depth and degree of the exploration that we went into when it came to dysfunction and how that oftentimes has a hand in driving success. And then really, you know, to talk about his story in greater detail and some of the ways that he's been able to absolutely change people's lives uh, just by being willing to be vulnerable and open and doing something like uh, the video series that he's doing is so current that it really makes him uh, an attractive candidate when considering a consultant on how to grow your business. So I really loved it. I hope you guys did too. It's been a great year of content. I've really enjoyed many of the conversations that I've had. There's been amazing uh, revelations revealed during our discussions this year, and I look forward to what the future might hold. As you heard me say in this episode, we are on the move to video content. We are going to transition to that in early 2020. So more information on that to come, but we do look forward to continuing the podcast version where we will take the audio only file from our video series and continue to post them here as podcast episodes. So you please hold on to your subscription here. And if you are interested in what we're doing on the video side, more on that to come via our social good promotions channel and my own personal feeds. Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you again in 2020.